Good morning. Good morning. Cool. So tell me more about what you've done since then. You have this great knowledge on finding a product or a market that needs a product in there. So product market fit, designing and iterating on that, bringing it to market. So tell me kind of more about what Launch Labs is doing and, and some of your experiences since then. Yeah. So, you know, right after the Juicebox Kickstarter, uh, you know, we were uh, successfully funded uh, about 31,000 from 860 people. Um, we kind of took a breath and then said, wow, that was fun. <laughs> um, let's do that again. Like, you know, this is work we really enjoyed doing uh, to the point of not even, you know, noticing it was work. It was, it was really just passion driven. And that you know, we recognized early that that was what made us the most excited and was, and was what lit up the team, Yeah, was taking something from that early, early stage all the way through and, and seeing it to launch. And so we said, let's do more of that. <laughs> and uh, kind of in the same, in parallel with that, we had um, a lot of uh, people in the community, you know, coming to our door and, and arranging meetings saying, you know, this sounds really interesting. I'm really intrigued by this uh, strategy for product launches. Uh, you know, can you help me? And so uh, it was it was a nice union of work we really enjoyed and wanted to do. And then uh, this need from the community and this outreach uh, that we were getting. And so we said, okay, let's start a kind of a business around that. And so that's really where Launch Labs was born. Um, was, you know, helping, uh, you know, first-time creators and other people uh, take products from, you know, basically sketch, you know, all the way into market um, and, you know, eventually, uh, you know, crowdfunding and uh, e-commerce after that. And so we kind of just started taking on some clients um, and running that uh, services arm of Launch Labs and continuing to do iterations of that same process that we learned with with Juicebox. And so okay. we were able to reapply a ton of stuff that we learned and a ton of the tools that we built, uh, you know, the tips and tricks and the, uh, and, and we just got better and better and faster and faster, mm -hmm. uh, which continued to be fun um, and continued to be exciting. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And I know you guys do a good job. You've even helped some software companies out with branding, which mm -hmm. fantastic. <laughs> F13 works, great brand. <laughs> Um, so I, I know how high quality your guys work is and, and I love the story, but along the way, and you know, our, our, our podcast here is pain points. So let's talk about what are the big pain points you run into when you're doing something like taking juice box to market? What were some of those huge hurdles that, you know, in, in all honesty, I've, I've been in enough companies where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how we'll ever get past this. And then you look back at it now and you're like, oh, it's just a little guy along the way. But <laughs> yeah. tell me about a couple of those big hurdles you had. Yeah. So one of the ones with, with Juicebox specifically was um, really how uh, unique and, and novel it was um, and how it didn't quite fit into a standard category. Yeah. And, and so we would have discussions with people and they would say, Oh, so you're like a kind of like an iPhone case. And we we're like, well, not really, you know, we're for the charger. And then people would say, oh, well, you're like a, you know, uh, laptop 
sleeve. And we were like, no, not really. <laughs> um, and so we, we kind of experienced this pain point of like, where do we fit? And what is our category? And that is kind of what led us to um, another pain point of, okay, even if we know our category, and, and let's, let's just pick one, the one that we think makes the most sense, uh, who are the retailers that you know, stock that category and own that space? Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, we, we picked the category and we started going after the retailers um, you know, that, were, that were growing in that space and having those discussions. And so that was kind of one of the things that we went through of um, you know, where, where is this going to fit and then where is it going to move? And then do, does that store have the right traffic coming to it and the right people? Um, and so we, we talked to brick and mortar uh, stores and we also had uh, a ton of third party sellers um, that uh, sold Apple accessories and different things like that, uh, that we had interviews and conversations with um, and things like that. And so uh, finding that right category and then finding the, the online retailers that stocked that category was really important for us. You know, for example, we couldn't just be uh, in a store with someone that just stocked iPhone cases. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people have iPhones that don't necessarily have MacBooks and things like that. And so you kind of had this mismatch. And so we, we had to find people that had a larger category and, and a larger uh, collections of products that where we could kind of nestle in um, and we would kind of uh, be able to uh, engage with their customers. Gotcha. And what's your sweet spot category wise? I mean, is it laptop accessories? So, you know, it's, it's kind of surprising the, you know, obviously anyone with a MacBook can use the product. Um, so that's kind of where we first started and said, okay, let's, you know, let's go after that. Uh, but where we found a little bit of disparity was when we started to look at uh, kind of our, our gender breakup of who was actually purchasing. And uh, what we found was the, the, the female category was you know, really going all over um, our bright kind of candy colors. Mm -hmm. And they were buying it as a, as a style accessory. Uh, they weren't going after the protection. And yeah. so uh, we kind of moved a little bit away from laptop protection, uh, defense, kind of the OtterBox uh, promise, and more towards you know, personalize, stylize, and, and make it your own. Yep. And, and when we started talking about it like that, uh, we had, you know, started to have a couple interesting conversations with uh, employees at Facebook, employees at Google, employees at Uber, that, uh, you know, they go to a meeting, everybody has Mac chargers, they walk out and they'll swap chargers. Right, right. And they'll get the wrong ones and so it won't power their computer. And... Uh, so their pain point was, I wanted something to make it my own. Yeah. And people were sharpying their names. I was going to say Sharpie. Yeah. Something I've seen before. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, and so now these employees could personalize and, and distinguish. And uh, we even found high schools uh, that managed thousands of laptops yeah. that had kids switching things and, um, you know, didn't know whose was whose or what was the right size. And so it had this uh, utility. 
mm-hmm. uh, that we found. And so the, really the stylized and organized actually came to be kind of the, the, the biggest and uh, best selling point. Yeah. So you almost fell into that. You thought my need is yeah. everything's broken yeah. all the time, this fraying. And in reality, people love this because let's, you know, let's be honest, Macs are ubiquitous now and mm-hmm. they're everywhere and they're just so generic looking. It used to be stand out with the Mac. Now it's right. You're just another guy who has you yep. know, that exact same thing or, or, or silver cash. and white. Yep. And I think that's the reason a lot of the new iPhones have started these eye popping champagne gold you yep. know, colors yep. and, and they're kind of going off that. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. That's uh, that's too funny. Well, let's talk about the, the trend thing a little bit. Um, obviously you see trends. You saw one of two spots. I think you have some kind of cool stories around last year was the year of the fidget spinner. Yep. Right. And uh, you have kind of a, a cool way to, to have caught that, that trend um, with a military twist to it. I, you know, we don't necessarily have to get too far into that, that brand unless you'd like to, but I'd love to just know at a real high level what it's like to catch the trend and put your unique spin on it. And then what you have to watch out for, because you know, it's a trend. Everyone right. knew that fidget spinner is a pet rock is you know oh. one of these things that it's really cool it has utility more than a pet rock does but in reality you probably can't build a 10 20 30 year fidget spinner company and expect mm-hmm. to give it to your kids and your grandkids right oh, people love to tell us that yep um in late night in bars or in business meetings or online and facebook comments yeah they love to remind us that this was just a trend and we were going to be wiped out <laughs> off the face of the earth overnight. Um, they, they, like uh, it was pre-Bitcoin, though. Yeah. So, so this you know, Fidget Spinner was kind of replaced by the coin market, exactly. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's one to funny. the other. And you know, we kind of had this saying around the shop with the team: "Oh, what are we going to do tomorrow when you know no one, no one is buying the fidget spinners anymore?" Right. And we would just say that when like things would be down or. Um, you know, the team would be stressed out or something like that. And so it's just an ongoing joke, but you know, there is some truth to it, obviously it is a trend and that's the nature of a trend. Um, and so I honestly think we caught the trend maybe halfway or quarter way up its, its mountain climb. Um, so we caught the trend about April 1st of last year is kind of when we, we started going live. Um, and, um, you know, really it was, uh, we machined a couple out of metal um, and put some military insignia on it that uh, represented uh, people's past and uh, you know things that people had been a part of and uh, targeted those groups and just showed it to them and said, hey, we made a couple of these things. Uh, we think they're pretty cool. They're all stainless steel. They're really heavy. Uh, they have pretty, you know, nice sharp points and chamfers on them. Uh, but most of all, they're engraved with insignia that matters to you. And they just started flying off the shelves. And you know, we just couldn't get enough made fast enough. And, and we just caught this, this storm. And uh, things just went from nothing to explosion in the matter of two or three weeks. Um, of no orders to 20, 30, 40, 50 orders a day. Yep. And um, so it was this very interesting practice of attempting to scale up in such a short amount of time yeah. um, with this one 
uh, kind of flagship product and meet everybody's needs, make sure we were catching the trend. And, you know, that's really one of the things that we said. We said, you know, let's push this live and just get it out there before we and take advantage of the trend before it dies out. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I think we really started to win was we just started getting stuff out there. And so more insignias, more designs, uh, that meant more to more groups of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we just, it was a night and day thing. And we said, Oh, there's this group of people. Let's, you know, let's make them something that, you know, means something to them and show it to them and they would respond. And so we just did that as fast as we possibly could and just started kind of snowballing. Uh, so, okay. You took, you took a, a trend that was already kind of taking off and you took a unique angle. We have the product here in, in studio and it's high quality. It's definitely unique. It's, it's a lot heavier. I mean, it just feels like a quality product. Like fidget spinners I played with are a little more than plastic. You know, even if they are metal, it's not like this. Um, and they're, and they're really unique with those insignia. Um, so you said, okay, we'll, we'll take a unique spin on this, uh, this, kind of trend that, that seems to be happening in the market. And then you went, you went wide within that. So you kind of iterated quickly and said, okay, mm -hmm. within uh, the military and, and service people, there are kind of these types of kind of sub groups in these tribes. Exactly. And we'll uh, iterate on this a bunch of times and pass out and see which ones of those stick and give right. them something that's not just a, a cheap product, but something that they can probably be proud of. And it ended up kind of proving kind of calming and having some other psychological effects that you guys weren't necessarily expecting off the bat, right? Yeah. Um, not, you know, nothing that is uh, FDA certified right, or right, claimed. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, if it, um, you know, if we make a product that improves someone's life, uh, you know, that's obviously a, a huge win for us. So, uh, you know, we, we did get a lot of feedback that, you know, not only did people enjoy the engravings and the insignias and that it meant something to them, but, you know, they liked carrying it around. They liked showing it to other people. That was an activity for them. Yeah. Um, and uh, that just adds value to the product. Absolutely. And, and, and we had people just blown away um, about how much, you know, our average transaction price was on these things, you know, where typical spinners were, you know, sitting at, you know, anywhere from $2 to, you know, super, super high end at, you know, $500, you know, super titanium ones. Um, but we were doing really good sales, uh, you know, at 60, 65, $70 uh, on average. And so that was really our sweet spot. And uh, the other thing that really surprised people was our audience. Mm -hmm. Um and I think also think that is an area where we capitalize on, um, which helped um, kind of uh, negate the effects of, of this trend. And so um, our, our best performing audience and the, really the only audience that we advertised to um, was 55 to 65 year old men. Wow. Um, and so, you know, that group just really responded um, loved the product um, and, and that hit and, and they would talk about it in their groups and with their friends and uh, that was the audience segment that continued to respond and so that was our pretty much entire marketing strategy was 
targeted towards those individuals. That's nuts. I would have never <laughs> guessed that. So you were probably the only person targeting them. Yeah, um, which made advertising fairly cheap because we didn't have much competition. Yeah. So you know how the, the bidding strategy works on Facebook. And uh, so that helped bring down our cost per conversion uh, to something that was uh, that worked with the model. Now, how did you fall into that target market? Um, like, how did we find it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, really it was, and, and we, you know, essentially do this with all of our new products is, you know, going wide and, but segmenting and doing a ton of test campaigns. Yeah. Um, it's really an investment that people don't really think about when trying to build out their advertising strategies, especially, you know, for the first time is, um, you know, we're going to have to do an investment in testing and you can't just say that Facebook marketing isn't going to work for you because you tried this one campaign, 25 to 50 year old men who like, you know, golf um, and then get discouraged and say, oh, Facebook's not our channel. Um, you know, you need to segment, you need to split those groups out and, and test everyone and give everyone a fair chance. Um, and so that's what we did, uh, broke out all the different groups from, you know, 18 to, to 70 plus, um, showed them ads that we thought would respond with them, um, you know, measured engagement, measured click throughs, measured conversions off those ads. And then it was at the end of the day, it was just a math problem yep. of, uh, this is the group that's responding the best. Uh, let's make sure we're putting the best creative in front of them. Um, something that, you know, really uh, speaks to what they want and what they're feeling. And then let's bring them into the site, give them a great experience, something they can do on mobile, something they can do on desktop, and uh, give them a great checkout, really simple checkout. Uh, and give them checkout options. That was one of our big learnings of um, a lot of people in that age group still aren't super comfortable uh, putting their credit card information into a third-party website. Yeah. Uh, so immediately, from day one, we had PayPal activated. Yeah. Um, and so we, we had 70% of checkouts through PayPal. Wow, that's really high. Which is something I would have never even considered. Huh. Um, uh, we barely even considered turning on day one. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we would have ever seen the data if we you know hadn't have turned it on. There's obviously no really way to measure that. And so yeah, 70%. Um, so that's, I mean, that's huge. And we wow. had, we had Shopify um, payments on, we had Amazon pay, we had uh, PayPal and mm -hmm. PayPal again and again, it's that trust. Yep. Um, and especially with the older segment is, you know, even if I don't think it's the convenience factor, I don't think it's a, Oh, I already have a PayPal account and all my information saved. Yeah. It's just the trust and the, the brand equity that PayPal has built up. And I know PayPal. And this is, you know, this is it. Yeah. And I know I can get my money back. I feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was a, that was a big learning for us when targeting that crowd. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting one. I mean, I've seen, I think a lot of times with the Shopify sites, you see, not a ton of trust because a lot you can start a Shopify site in under an hour, sure. cost you thirty bucks a month to have a lot of powerful tools, and so people 
are encountering them and they might like the products, I think there's oftentimes a hesitation. But when I see high PayPal rates, I think 30, 40%. I mean, that's, that's a ton. 70 plus percent is, mm-hmm. is amazing. But, but it's probably the audience. Um, but I, I love the, I love kind of the takeaways that I have from, from this. You saw a trend and instead of just going out there finding cheap uh, fidget spinners, you know, from China or wherever else and playing some arbitrage, you took a unique angle on it. Yeah, we made it matter to someone. Yep. And that created value. Yeah, and you then, really translated the trend to an audience mm-hmm. and you found an audience that wasn't being served with that trend but had no reason not to be. Right. And in uh, the testing, I think testing is so important. It's so overlooked. There's so many folks that you talk to, even at the highest levels of advertising, Absolutely. you say, Facebook doesn't work, yeah. you know, Twitter doesn't work, uh, Google doesn't work, Amazon doesn't work. Test. There's there's always room for test it and to find your, find your win. And I, I think it's so, so important there. Um, I, I mean, I, those, that covers so many valuable lessons. I don't know how many more we could pack into one episode <laughs> here. We might even have to split this one up, but... Um, but that's that's fantastic, Myron. Do you have any other questions or anything to add to it? No, I think like you said, there's a lot of great takeaways from this, and you know, really touching on that PayPal part. It's really amazing to hear that that trust factor is what you know made the checkout process so simple for that you know, target mm-hmm. market. Yeah. So you know, I think takeaways, uh, Andrew, it was fantastic having you on here. Um, you can access Juicebox and, and some of his other products on the Product Pro app if you're a Shopify user, and you can actually sell it to your audience. Uh, made in the USA, it's fantastic quality, and in uh, test, test what you're doing, uh, whether it's advertising, whether it's uh, on-site uh, optimization techniques, test, 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 and really think about that audience. You might not know exactly what it is at first, like Juicebox was really a protection and helping you extend the lifetime of your power cords, and it became really a unique way to stand out as a Mac user uh, to this uh, you know, Millspin product, which has a fantastic audience that probably skews a little bit different demo and psychographics than, than you set out to do, but you really found a match made in heaven. Uh, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, it's great. Wake up, Mr. West, Mr. West, Mr. Fresh, Mr. By himself, he's so impressed. I mean, damn, did you even...